Welcome to a special episode of Today on Broadway for Friday, March 12th, 2021. It has been 148 days since the Tony nominations were announced, and it has been 365 days <sighs> since Broadway's last performance. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Today's episode will be a little different, as we always do here on Today on Broadway. We will run through a handful of news stories at the top, and then we will transition into talking about the year that was, the year that wasn't, and the year that we hope we will have coming up. But before we do that, I want to remind you that on Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, the This Week on Broadway crew will be doing a special recording of this week's episode with the legendary lyricist David Zippel. If you want to be a part of that special recording, listen to it live and submit questions, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Ashley, real quick, other than Hi. City of Angels, which we talked about um, earlier this week, what is your favorite David Zippel project on stage or screen? Mulan, obviously. That seems uh, That seems fair. So he has worked with Cy Coleman, Marvin Hamlish, Phil Collins, uh, Alan Menken, uh, yeah, Ashley's on, favorite, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, that's, uh... Uh, so there are there are tons of, of great stories in there, I am sure. Goodbye Girl is exceptional as well, to be fair. Oh, yeah, that's good. That was uh, Bernadette mm-hmm. and Martin Short, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a pair. I know. Uh, all right, so let's get into the stories. And before we get into all of the COVID discussions, let's talk about something that I'm actually really excited about. As yesterday, Lincoln Center Theater announced their new program, Private Reels, colon, from the LCT archives. They will be streaming previous Broadway and off-Broadway productions in their entirety. According to the press release, these performances were recorded for promotional purposes where they would cut things for B-roll and for ads. Grace, you and I talked about this when Roundabout uh, said that they were going to be releasing videos and we weren't exactly sure what their origin were. Um, These were never intended to be shown in their entirety. However, the footage has been newly edited for these special presentations. They will begin on March 18th with Christopher Durang's Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike starring Billy Magnuson, Christine Nielsen, David Hyde Pierce, Sigourney Weaver, and more. The other shows that are currently slated to be a part of private reels are Marco Ramirez's The Royale, Sarah DeLapp's The Wolves, and Jackie Sibless Drury's Mary's Sequel. Um, You will need to sign up to watch the private reels presentations, and they will actually happen on Broadway On Demand, but you have to go to LCT's website, which we will have a link to in the show notes. Ashley, Grace, Mm. are there any other LCT shows that you'd want to see? Like, for me, there are so many that have already been preserved on film, especially the recent ones. exactly. From from Broadway HD, and then Fathom Events has done some stuff of, like, War Horse that I think was actually the British version, but then Live from Lincoln Center. Um, I'd love to see him go, like, deep into the vaults and release, like, Parade, Patty Lapone's Anything so, Goes. I was going to say Parade if there's oh, anything. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but of course, my, anything goes. Yeah. My ideal one, though, is the Audra Ann McDonald and Sally Murphy production of Carousel to hopefully mm, wash the sour taste of the yeah. last revival out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. So, Ashley, you would have said Parade. Grace, is there anything else from you? Maybe something off Broadway that you've seen that you'd like to see uh, get the private reels presentation? Am I crazy in assuming that Dominique Morris's pipeline was through LCT? It was, 
No, it was, but it's already available for streaming. Yeah. Um, that was actually filmed for streaming and it's available, I think, both on Amazon and it was on Broadway HD. I don't know if it still is, but that was a great one. I remember people raving about that. Yeah, and I think they presented it, like Lincoln Center specifically yeah. presented it during the run yeah. or sometime in the last year, I think during the yeah. summer. They did a lot of the stuff that they've had from live from Lincoln Center um, on their website or on YouTube and stuff like that. So there's some great ones. Um, I was yeah. kind of going through the um, some of the off Broadway stuff. And like I said, there's some that have done really well and some that have been just kind of like, uh, OK, um, I would have loved to seen the original cast of other desert cities before it came to Broadway. Mm. Like that one would be a good one. But then the further you go back, like I would love it if they had the 2002 production of a man of no importance oh, um, again, again with Sally Murphy and Stephen Pasquale yeah. or going back even further back to like 1994, if they have the original cast of, uh, of hello again um, with Carolee Carmelo and John Dossett and Malcolm Getz and John Cameron oh, Mitchell, Donna Murphy. Yeah, Michael Park, Michelle Park. Like, if they, I mean, it depends on how far their archives go that are presentable, but like, those are some of the ones that I would would really like I'm to sure. see. I'm sure pretty far back, honestly. Yeah. And the one that kind of stood out to me at first was Oslo. But we yeah. have talked about the fact that this is all I think it's being filmed currently is being filmed for a movie for HBO Max. So I kind of feel like they're so. not going to do that one. Um, but maybe something like one of the recent plays like um like junk, which we've talked about recently because mm -hmm. it, it's got an audible presentation. Um, so who knows? There's just so much great stuff that Lincoln Center's done over the years. I'm excited to see not only these ones that they've announced, but if they keep doing it and there's more things coming down the pike, I would be very excited for that. Of course, I'm holding out hope for my fair lady with more yeah, of an auntie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a, that was the first thing that came to mind when you said LCT, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, they obviously have it taped for the archives, but will they release that? I'm not sure. I hope so. I really hope I, so, because it was, you know, better. It was much better with Laura than it was with Lauren. Mm -hmm. um, we'll just leave it at that. But <laughs> Annie, are you disagreeing with me, Grace? No, I just, I just wonder how many performances that person um, actually went on for. So that that's all. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of call-outs. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, if, <laughs> if, if I were as bad as she was when I saw it, I would have called out too. Damn. Anyway, Damn. <laughs> I, my, I made my thoughts known about that production during previews. Like, I, this, this is not shocking news. It's just mm -hmm. a couple years later. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're, we're right on top of it. These are our hot takes. Three, hot takes. three years later. Uh, I'm now getting into my Lauren Ambrose distaste, even though I really like her and other stuff. She just was wasn't very good at my uh, I adore her in Six Feet Under. She's also the worst interview I've ever had. So I've got a little uh, grudge. Okay. <laughs> anyway, before we get ourselves into too hot of water, let's take a break <laughs> and talk about our sponsor, ExpressVPN. Grace, why don't you tell us what the heck is going on? With ExpressVPN. I'm a little ticked off. I'm a little, what's that, pissed off? I'm a little yep. perturbed. I'm a little feathers ruffled because <laughs> Netflix keeps hiding <laughs> shit from me and I don't appreciate it. I feel like they're playing hide and seek with all of their titles and I keep paying more and more and they're like, no, no, no. There are other things in other countries that you could have access to. And I was like, okay, well, bitch, where are they? Um, but with ExpressVPN, I can access them. You should do that. You should be smart like me and get all of your money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. 
Yeah, there are so many different types of Netflix, depending on what country you are. They have different content in the U.S. as they do the U.K. and in Japan and in Australia. But when you have ExpressVPN, you can make the Internet think that you are in over 90 different countries, not all at once. You just choose one so that when you log into one of these more regional Netflix or stream other streaming services, they will think that you are there so that you have access to their entire libraries. And the best thing is, like I said, it's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on almost any other streaming service, especially something like BBC iPlayer, which is actually free. You don't need a subscription to it. You just have to be in the UK. So something like ExpressVPN, which not only lets you look like you were in another country, but lets you do it safely and securely and protects all your data is the perfect way to get the most out of whatever content you are looking for. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio. Don't forget to use my link so that you can get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio. One more time, expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio to learn more. All right, let's get back into the news. And unfortunately, as today is the one year anniversary of Broadway going dark, we do have a few COVID related stories that I wanted to mention before we get into our bigger discussion for today. Ashley, I remember doing shows, Mm -hmm. you know, around this time a year ago and us talking Uh, about when we thought shows would return. Lots of people were optimistic saying April, maybe June. I felt very pessimistic by saying that I didn't think they would be back until Labor Day. I mean, (laughs) even that, even my pessimism in the (laughs) moment was was naively optimistic. I don't even remember what I said. I said at least summer. So I think that was that was the going you know thought. But there have been some positive signs lately that things could be back up and running by early September, perhaps in time to make my Labor Day prediction come true just a year later. (laughs) There you go. It's a win. I'll take it. In an interview with NBC4 New York, my BFF Broadway League president Charlotte St. Martin said that she expects longer running shows to return first in early September, which I agree with. But the reason she gave is one of the most bizarre and just most out of touch things I've ever seen somebody say. And considering it's from the Broadway League, that's something. That's impressive. Yeah. She she said that she thinks that the longer running shows will return sooner rather than later because the cast will have muscle memory of the show. That's, For that's God's dumb. sake. Come on. I mean, I'm, <laughs> it's, Jesus Christ. Not saying this person is dumb, but that is a dumb thing to say. This now this was written in fairness. This was written up in um, the New York Post and they are a not great journalistic organization. So I'm hoping that there was something lost. Maybe she meant like the the productions would have muscle memory. So it'd be a little easier to get all of the tech and stuff. I don't know. But that was just yeah, it was just a little bit ludicrous for her to say that after a year. Um, and especially because it's not like these people have been in Wicked for 15 years. They rotate out every year, too, exactly. pretty much. So anyway, just bizarre. But one thing that did make sense that she says um, it was the fact that she said that no show on Broadway or almost no show can maintain itself with a less than 75 percent capacity for a long period of time. So they will likely need to have the government's permission to reopen fully 
before shows can actually return to the stage, which obviously will have to rely heavily on the vaccine distribution ramping up, Mm -hmm. which we have heard positive things from President Biden talking about, um, you know, there being enough vaccines for everybody by the end or even middle of May, whether or not everybody can get them and whether or not um, that's enough to satiate. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's enough to satisfy whomever the governor of New York might be by then, because I don't think it's going to be Cuomo. Fingers crossed. Uh, Yeah, we will see. But um, Broadway is not opening with socially distanced performances actually no of course not i mean we've talked about this so many times that theaters can't open to you know whatever capacity 50 percent capacity 25 percent capacity probably not even 80 percent like that would probably be the bare minimum if you think about when shows close like the capacity numbers that we see at that point and you know their potential at that point that would probably be the lowest that it could even be a conversation, but it doesn't make sense if one, the city isn't vaccinated and two, the majority of the country, like very vast majority of the country isn't vaccinated because we're going to have to start looking at tourism numbers. And I think they announced at the start of April that people coming into the state don't have to quarantine anymore. I don't remember what the new change was there. Yeah, the CDC, the CDC changed their regulations saying that that's not necessary. Right, exactly. Um, But that's going to be a really interesting thing to see in the coming months, especially if, you know, people, you know, everyone hasn't been vaccinated by the end of May, as President Biden says we should be able to. But that, as you said, that's pending a lot of things. That's pending people actually being able to get the vaccines and those vaccines not expiring before people can get them. Like, there's just a lot of factors still that unless people are vaccinated, we can't open up at any anything lower than full capacity. Yeah. Um, one more real quick story that I want to highlight. It's not actually a story. It's actually um, an op-ed kind of piece from the New York Times. Um, and Grace, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this because you're usually much more creative than I am with some of these things. But this was from Laura Collins Hughes, who's one of uh, the New York Times' regular critics. And she wrote an article called, Where is Hollywood When Broadway Need it? Needs It? A critic writes a plea to the film and TV stars who got their starts in the theater and can do more to aid its rescue. Now, this is something that we've talked about a lot over this past year. I talked about it very early on uh, in the pandemic with Lisa Goldberg in a special episode. Um, But I wanted to read this little section from uh, Laura Collins Hughes's article, which she said, quote, which is why I'm coming to you, you who fell in love with the stage as a kid, who sharpened your skills and forged your connections in that top flight training program, who did regional shows or scrappy downtown stuff. Oh, how we loved you in that until luck and talent and timing worked their alchemy, turning you into a household name. Because in one of the more surprising revelations of the shutdown, it turns out that the American theater has no towering figure even attempting to lead it through this crisis the way Andrew Lloyd Webber has in Britain. The people, the people you might expect to step up, powerhouse producers, I mean, not stage stars, many of whom have spent the shutdown donating their skills to countless online benefits, seem to have succumbed to a strange Darwinian torpor. This is something that I have said from the very beginning, where is Hugh Jackman? Where is Bette Midler? Mm -hmm. Where is Adina Menzel? Neil Patrick Harris? Um, Folks like that who can step up and be the face of this. And 
I think that Laura is right that there needs to be the money people behind it, like Andrew Lloyd Webber is in Britain. But Grace, if you had to pick somebody, and maybe it's some of the folks that I mentioned, but somebody who could and should be the figurehead for leading Broadway and theaters comeback, whether it's in New York or across the country, who who do you think that it should be? Oh, Lord. Um, oh, God, now her name is escaping me. Lori Metcalf. I think that that mm, is the perfect example mm-hmm. of a person who continues to play both uh, an incredible onstage personality as well as consistently on TV and film. And so I look at her and her relationship with people like, um, oh, gosh, now I'm blanking. Ashley, help me out with the woman who made Lady Bird. Um, Greta Gerwig. Hey, yeah, look. like. I know. I was like, well, uh, but like, I'm thinking about like people like that, that do have the opportunity where they kind of go through uh, both mediums. And it, you're right. It's very difficult. I think that that article sums it up perfectly. I look at, you know, what Denzel Washington is doing with the August Wilson trilogies yeah. and, and how he's saying, okay, like, yes, we need to do these shows on stage and then we will film them. So we're not taking away the opportunity from the stage. Right. Um, I think that that's where it's got to come from. We've got to say, Hey, we're going to invest in doing in opening up a show and then we're going to give that film opportunity because that's my wheelhouse now but like how are we funding smaller shows because i was i was honestly very excited that uh move on it's i have not been happy with the pandemic let's just say that i'm not about to say that but as a solo artist and a solo performer a lot of times i thought wait this could be a huge opportunity for someone like uh, you know, a, a small show that can move into a theater and just have 10 people at a performance and film it and get it picked up by, you know, uh, some kind of producing group. You know, yeah. I think about the flea bags of the world and there are so many, especially by people yeah. of color that we've not seen. And so I thought this will be a time where we fund it and uh, haven't really seen it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I love I, I love that. Um, I don't know if Lori Metcalf has the name recognition, but she certainly has the chops and the facial recognition it's a good by choice. many, it's a really many good people. Choice, yeah. yeah, that's really really good. Um, obviously, I think Lin Manuel Miranda could be in there as well. Yeah, but he's one of those guys who has been like working more. It seems like lately during the pandemic. So I don't know if he's got the time, um, but we will see. But. That brings us into this conversation that we wanted to have today um, about the way the pandemic has shaped what we have seen and what we would like to see. So we came up with three questions to kind of talk about the things that we wished we had seen and want to see moving forward, um, either (laughs) this year when when things come back or in the future. So the first question is, and Ashley, I'll start with you. What is a show that got its run cut short? that you wished you had seen. Now, it could Mm. be something that is expected to come back or not. I know, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind for you could be company, but you saw it. I saw it twice. So that doesn't count. So I need something that you didn't see that you wish you had. A company a third time, obviously. (laughs) Now, if we're talking previews, six is obviously the, um, it's the most obvious one. I'm thankful that the chances of that not being on Broadway when we, when we return are pretty low, like considering that'll that'll certainly be back. You would think, especially since they have so many, or at least had so many other like touring locations and they were essentially treating Broadway like a tour. Uh, That'll be really exciting to see. And I'm sure the energy of that will be reduced. Ridiculous. But also speaking of Laurie Metcalf, like who's afraid of yeah. Virginia Woolf had six 
preview performances when it was cut and had its run fully cut. And, you know, she's been on quite the run the last few years, so I'm sure she'll be in something when Broadway returns, but I would have really loved to see that. Yeah, the Golden Theater has a permanent parking spot for Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Grace, what's the uh, show that you wished you had seen that didn't get a chance to? Honestly, I'm going to echo Ashley. And I said six because it was the only thing from the list uh, so far that we've talked about that it was like, I got to see that. I wasn't particularly mm. totally interested. I didn't binge, you know, the the Spotify uh, album. I didn't, you know, but I thought that the branding was really cute. And I liked the idea that like all these young people were excited about a show again. Yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't seen that kind of response since Be More Chill. And anything that gets young people involved in wanting to spend their thing. allowance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I was really excited to see it. And then uh, that didn't happen. I saw it. Yeah, we know. So, we know. We know. I was at the first preview. Uh, it was great. I loved it. It was my favorite movie, musical of uh, the season that I saw. Movie. Um, movie. It's going to be a movie. Yeah, probably. It's, uh, no, I mean... <laughs> It is. There's a certain former Broadway baby turned um, oh, mega yeah. star pop uh-huh. princess uh-huh. Who, uh-huh. Has, uh-huh. who has who has optioned it and will not go. only produce but star in it. Anyway, um, the one for me, uh, all of those things are true. I'm not going to steal any of your answers. I did not see Company, although that's an mm-hmm. obvious one, but we've mentioned yeah, it. Exactly. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is an obvious one as well. The one for me, though, that I'm most sad to see because I don't know when the chance to see it will actually come up if i if i don't ever see this production of company or this production of who's afraid of virginia wolf i will be able to see those shows again with different cats perhaps but i don't know when mm. the next chance i will get to see martin mcdonough's hangmen will be um uh, this, yeah this played 13 previews um it was a show that was delayed it was supposed to come in after its acclaimed off-broadway run but one of the stars wives was having a baby back in london so they delayed it until after she gave birth and then like a year later then they brought in dan stevens to be in it as well whom i think is a tremendous actor and then it closed and then it's not reopening i really forgot about that i can't believe that yeah i mean then there's the minutes with army hammer but um that guy's dead yeah well career-wise at least unless he's going to eat it too anyway um, (laughs) i love tracy letts though i love tracy letts um all right so next up um grace we'll start with you what was a show that did not get to start performances that you were really looking forward to seeing whether again it is expected to come back um or not so you might still get to see it maybe you won't um but what's a show that you really wish you had been able to see but did not start performances all right so let me just start with me saying that i love once i love the once musical i know a lot of people bold they have a lot yeah a lot of people have a lot of opinions and i go you know what as like you know, choreography, the like the music, the way it made me feel. I thought it was better than the film. Like I I I, ex- I get excited about intimate theater. So let's just say that. Um, so anybody that I'm like from the team of once the musical, I'm like, all right, go on. <laughs> um, and uh, so when I heard about New York Theater Workshops, uh, Sing Street, I love that movie. Mm, and I got really excited. Movie. Yeah, I got really excited that they were turning because, you know, movie musicals can be such a uh, such an issue for us because we're like, okay, but something new, something new. And I was like, you know what? Actually, that might be 
a perfect uh, translation. I heard not great things about it downtown. Um, But you know what? That was the one that I put on this list to say, I want to make my own opinion about that. I I trust that team. I trust the roots. I trusted a lot of the cast choices. I got really excited about it. um, And I famously don't like British things. So this was a gamble. Mm. Uh, Yeah. So I was excited about Sing Street. (laughs) And I don't know if that's going to come back, to be frank. I think it is. Um, I think there's enough movie money behind it to to bring that back. That's just a guess. Um, but I love the movie is so yeah. good. The songs are so spectacular. Ashley, you and I have talked about this one yep. a lot. Right. Um, all right, Ashley, what for you? I think I know uh, what it is for you. If ooh, not, I'm stealing ooh. it. So okay. what I mean, is yours? I mean, is it 1776? It is not. That's wow. not where I thought you were going. Well, with. see, this is the thing. I have three. <laughs> Oh, okay, <laughs> but thankfully they're all I, I you know at least two are coming back flying over sunset is one uh oh. and that's not going to be allegedly fall 2021 if we that's, get, that's the L, that's the lsd famous hollywood people exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly is, is carmen cusack from uh bright yeah. star oh. yes indeed yes, yes exactly yes. my all-female 1776 is the other one which is now spring 2022 uh and the third is carolina change which was a day mm. short of previews i didn't get to start previews it was supposed to start previews on the 13th so i'm i'm looking forward to that if we get it which we should you should yeah. get it uh, but that's, that's where I'm that's at. been announced from roundabout to still be yeah. on the schedule when they yeah. what's interesting ashley carolina or change was my backup because i assumed okay. the one that i had number one was going to be your number one okay and and that is classic stage companies assassins. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I'm I'm looking I'm looking Broadway. That's the I problem. I didn't say Broadway. I, I just know. said shows. That's very um, sure. I was looking at Broadway, considering this is called today on Broadway. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, that burns. Yeah, that hurts. Weird, okay. weird, right? Obviously, that is my number one. I've been shaking since like April when they were supposed to start rehearsals, thinking about yeah. it, and here we are. What's great about it? Sorry, go ahead, Grace. Say it again. Oh no, I was interviewing Ethan Slater for my podcast uh, right when he couldn't talk about it, and I was like, "What are you like?" He because he was so excited about something, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "Oh man, you just can't tell anybody, but like I'm doing assassins," and I was like, ah! "Perfect <laughs> casting." Yeah. He was too. talking about Judy Kuhn and all the people involved. So yes, I agreed. I can't wait to see that yeah and what's great about it is they are still doing it it's still in the schedule and since i had already bought the ticket i have a ticket for when it comes back um i, I hope it comes back because i've already paid 95 bucks and they haven't refunded me yet so yeah um, very much looking forward to it. <laughs> we all, we all and all go together and finally meet. yes there we yes. go Ooh, love absolutely. it love absolutely. it don't worry i'll be seeing it two hundred and fifty thousand oh times so you'll see me there i'll be part of the yeah. scenery at that point <laughs> and i love shows at at CSC, like, um, what was the? Oh, I can never remember the name of this one with the Nikononi Rose. Um, uh, was it Carmen Jones? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the yeah. setup for Carmen Jones was so good. I I just love that place. But uh, all right. So last question here: What is a dream show that you hope reopens Broadway or New York theater? It doesn't just have to be Broadway because we are an equal opportunity theater loving show here, despite what Ashley says. No, I just. <laughs> No, I just want an original thing. I get that. We all know that. 
Um, but yeah. we want something yeah. that's juicy to get excited about, maybe with some big stars, whether they're theater people or movie people. Um, but Ashley, what do you have in mind? That's the thing. I hate this question because my answer is... I don't is- care. I didn't ask. <laughs> don't get smart with me again. I'm very much... Uh, the answer is I want to see original work. But I mean, the uh, the answer answer is ragtime. I want a ragtime revival. I've been very vocal about wanting a ragtime revival. I think you could cast the hell out of it. And Who would you cast? Oh, my God. Just anybody. Put them in. Put the entire theater in it at this point. You could do the Ellis Island cast. I would love to see, you know, Audra and Brian Stokes Mitchell be part of it again in some way. And I think that will get theater people and non-theater people back in the like. I, uh, it's, and it will still be spectacular no matter who you put in because it's a spectacular show. That's yeah. the, that's the thing. I, I think, I think theater people have been calling for a ragtime revival for so long that it's one of those shows that the word of mouth for it would be exceptional. So you don't really have to worry about, you know, are the tourists going to see it, which I don't care anyway. Yeah. I don't care about well. tourists. And and there's not going to be a con artist running the books this time there's, around. There's that so. bit. <laughs> um, Grace, I expect um, something fun and creative from you since Ashley decided not to fully engage oh, with the question. I'm not going to engage. <laughs> do I ever fully engage with the question? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Grace, what do you have? Okay, well, I've got two things. Um, first of all, I would like to see something that represents Southerners besides Bright Star and To Kill a Mockingbird. I hope that when we return To Kill a Mockingbird does not come back, it probably Likewise. will. And I will cry myself to sleep like I have Likewise. for the past two years. Um, but I would say number one is that maybe something like Fried Green Tomatoes the musical. Ooh, um, interesting. Let's with accents. Let's get into it. Come on. There are other Southern pieces besides Steel Magnolias, guys. And I'm just, I'm exhausted by anytime we have Southern representation on stage, there, like the accent is usually to denote someone who has lesser intelligence. And I'm exhausted by that personally because mm-hmm. I'm a Georgia girl. Um, I go, yeah, okay, well, of course everyone's going to, Southerners are going to be upset that, you know, Northern people, New York people are elitist because this is the representation they see of themselves. So so let's stop that, first of all. Um, and also not written by Aaron Sorkin. I don't know. I don't want to see Aaron Sorkin's Fried Green. I Green. never want to see Aaron Sorkin's <laughs> anything ever. Yeah. And then the second one. Oh, sorry. Tell me. Tell me, Matt. No, I, I was going to say, can I still like some of his old stuff, though? I was going to say, oh, Matt like loves that. Aaron Sorkin. And I think I he's an incredible writer. Absolutely he's, despise him. <laughs> but as, uh, yeah, I think that we could have a whole separate podcast on To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. He wasn't the mm-hmm. right choice. And he's an incredible writer. But stop. You know, he took a story from a woman's perspective and was like, you know who the main character is? A guy. Um, so there's that. Exactly. Uh, the next thing is, uh, I would say Idlewild. Have you guys seen the outcast film Idlewild? No. no. Oh, my God. I need both of you all to watch it this weekend. Ford. Idlewild is on HBO Max right now. Outcast did, and you guys remember Andre 3000, Big Boy. Obviously, obviously. This is a Prohibition era set musical where all the people of color that are in it. Yes. Hello. All of the people of color that are in it are the high rollers, performers, bootleggers. There's no question about like, well, this isn't really how black people were treated back then. Like he was like, no, let's switch the narrative and say like, we're taking charge of this. And it opens with this big number. Terrence Howard is in it. Guys, it is phenomenal. And it's sure, why not? On the <laughs> I'm telling you, the music is amazing. Wow. There, there are definitely some things that could be updated, but I think that's a huge opportunity. And I just want to see Brandon Victor Dixon in it. I want to see like, yeah, I think it could be like the next 
incredible shuffle along that doesn't, you know, go into the ground via Scott Rudin. And so mm-hmm. that's my that's my take. That's what I want. Is this a new film? No, it's like oh, okay. 15 years old. Yeah. But guys, like, it's just untouched. And I'm like, what? How? Okay, that's good. I was a huge supporter of holler if you hear me because i was mm-hmm. excited about what that could be and then it turned out to be it not like very good performances mm-hmm. yeah it was they really didn't bad. market it well it was sad yeah I and they didn't that. develop it well like it was something that was like turned around super quickly that i think if they would have put the time in and done out of town try it could have been a lot better but yeah, um, that's a great idea and far better than my um idea my thing was we have heard a lot about some big name folks who might be coming and doing shows um, when Broadway opens. We've heard about members of the original Broadway cast of Hamilton, maybe coming back. We've heard mm-hmm. about a certain um, green witch turned frozen queen um, mm. doing a show that she is either not funny enough nor girlish enough um, to be doing that show on Broadway. We've heard about one um, Nathan Lane returning to uh, not the show that made him a star, but the show that made him a big star, um, those are all fine. But what I think we really need to see is like a, a show that has a huge star in it, but also has a message about overcoming things and fighting through things and something that is led by somebody who we know can drive people to a theater because the last time they were on Broadway, they drove people to see a show that is taken from a centuries old Russian novel. And Ah. I want to see, I want to see Josh Groban, (laughs) even though I admit he is not of Spanish descent playing Don Quixote that's in the Man of La Mancha. <laughs> that's already uh well I mean La Man of La Mancha's cast however you want it to be anyway for yes. that matter mm-hmm. for that yes. matter interesting right. I thought about, I thought about Man of La Mancha because there was it's oh one of my god favorites. it's one of mine too but they were supposed to do it a few years ago off Broadway with Norm Lewis and I think about that every, oh really yep I think about that every single day of my life because it didn't happen mm. yeah I still say the longest mid-show standing ovation I've ever seen was after Impossible Dream with Stokes. Like, seeing him do that, it would, like, the whole theater just erupted. Um, and it's just such a powerful show, and I can only imagine what um, a voice like Grobin's can do in that um, in that role. And again, technically, he's playing Miguel Cervantes, not Don Quixote, so there's a whole lot of stuff in there, but The Last Revival, like you said, has uh, had a black man um, doing it, so mm-hmm. it's a little more f- flexible casting with how you present it, but um, I just think there's some great roles. It's a smaller show, so you don't have to spend right. as much money on the show, um, but I think with someone like Groban, and maybe you get some other folks in there, um, maybe you bring the great Ernie Sabella back to play Sancho Ooh. again. Um, love me some Mr. Carusi from Saved by the Bell. Um, so yeah, just to, I love that show. It's one of my favorite scores. Um, so I think Josh Groban doing that would be something that I would be very much here for. I like if it. And when Broadway returns. Something I've been thinking about a lot when theater comes back and specifically Broadway comes back is kind of like the divide of comedic versus more dramatic shows we're gonna see yeah. so i'm i'm really gonna be interested in what producers do with that and how the, and you know subsequently how they're gonna cast that because you know there are 
certain actors, you mentioned Nathan Lane being one who are so known for comedy, but are exceptional in drama as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just the way they're going to cast certain things and the way the tones of certain shows are going to be after a year of not being in theater and kind of just like <laughs> the mentality that everyone's going to When I saw when, um, well, New York City Center did Assassins a few years ago, and there's the line of every now and then the country goes a little wrong. It was mm-hmm. when Trump was in office. So there was a good minute stand, like ovation during that line, just during yeah. that line. I think the, the energy and the way everything is going to change when, whenever we come back, if it's a year or two, like yeah. two years is really going to dictate the art that we see as well. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to see a play about the pandemic. I don't want to see Never. it. I don't, I, please it, do not. This I've, is I've, not like I've the seen, day yeah, I've seen like two virtual shows mm-hmm. and they've been good, but please let those be the last shows about the pandemic I see. I think I would see something by Lucas Hanath um about it just because yeah, he has a way of, yeah, well, he just has a way of like skewering real life um and making it about something other than what it's about. Yes, so like yes. I could see that. Do not give um, me a straight play about the pandemic. Uh, you know, exactly. Absolutely not. The thing that I've thought about a lot, and we can close on this unless someone else has something else they want to discuss, but the thing that I think about a lot is similar to what you talked about, Ashley, with the moment in Assassins. Mm. I I hope, depending on how these things roll out, like I can't imagine what the energy is going to be like at the Walter Kerr Theater oh. when when Andre DeShield uh, steps yes, on stage. I've, I've thought and about says, it a lot. I- yeah, yeah, it says, I... And I, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it now. Yeah. Or even, you know, in a similar way at the Gershwin, when whomever is playing Glinda says, um, you're glad to see me or, or something like that. She says, uh, oh, it's nice to see me, isn't it? Mm. Like, hell yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so like things like that and little moments like that. And I, you know, there's just so many things that it's going to be so special. We often talk about how amazing it is to see shows um, the night of the Tony nominations, yeah. like after shows that like get a crap ton of awards and the energy there, like I can just the palpable energy that will be in the Broadway houses on the first night that those shows return is going to be able to light up the entire uh, island of Manhattan. I, I just can't wait. I cry literally every single time I think about Patty Lapone's Ladies Who Lunch <laughs> ovation yeah. that that's going to inspire because the first yeah. night, when I saw it the first night, it was ridiculous. Just, it, it's not even going to be comparable, the energy that we see that first night back. And I want to, I don't, I really don't care what show I'm in. <laughs> and just to put me anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's going to be interesting if shows do come and open in a staggered format. Like, uh, you know, hopefully getting to see multiple returns would be yeah, so cool to see so the energy nice. there. Although the ticket prices are probably going to be exorbitant, but yeah, we'll cross that bridge when things go on sale again. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this semi-sad but semi-optimistic anniversary episode here on Today on Broadway. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Grace? You can find me at It's Grace Aki on Instagram and Twitter. Also, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon so you can get into our Patreon family and listen in on Saturday night's recording of This Week on Broadway with the great Tony-winning lyricist David Zippel. 
maybe you can ask him when the hell City of Angels revival is That's coming to Broadway. That's what I'm saying. Ask him for me because I won't be there. Yeah. Well, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. If you get your vaccine, uh, take care of yourself in the days afterwards because I heard it can knock people on their butt. Uh, anyway, still wear <laughs> your mask uh, and we will be back to talk to you on Monday. <laughs>